Hey guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Andre and I'm here with my wonderful wife Leah to talk about what it means to follow Jesus in an anxious post-Christian culture. And uh, today we are here, we're just going to dive right in to our topic. It's kind of a a depressing topic, but honestly, uh, with the recurrence of this issue over the past five years, I feel like, I don't know, I'm kind of surprised why I didn't take it as heavy as I did, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. The other time you took it much worse. Yeah, with, with a, a different leader. Yeah. Yeah, so we're talking about the fall of Ravi Zacharias, right? It's not really his fall because he never really fell, because he never really was real in a sense, like which is yeah. crazy to hear. For those of you who don't know, uh, a lot of people have heard of Ravi Zacharias. He was a very prominent apologist, writer, teacher, person who defended Christianity against other religions and ideas. Very well known. He died last year when he died. Thank you, Ravi. The hashtag thank you, Ravi had like 2 billion impressions on Twitter. Wow. It's like it was a global. Yeah. It was a global phenomenon when he died and all over the yeah. world. Yeah. So, you know, this is one of Satan's greatest victories to take a leader who is so prominent for his appear what seemed to be love and honesty mm-hmm. and to twist and pervert and use his ministry and his life as you know basically a cover-up for a sex abuse lifestyle yeah which is that that's basically what came out it's not that he um it's not that he fell once or twice it's that he actually used the network and the money and the opportunities of his global ministry to have multiple uh, inappropriate and abusive sexual relationships with women mm-hmm. across the globe, which yeah. is horrendous. I mean, this is as bad as it gets. Yeah. Well, let me not say that too quickly. But yeah, so uh, a couple years ago, another preacher that I really respected had a similar situation. I mean, not as as extreme, but so the question is, how do we think through it as Christians? How do we process this? I think that a lot of people, I mean, it's very tempting to just kind of um, fall into despair and maybe cynicism. Mm -hmm. Like, well, who can we even trust? You know, like if the most prominent leaders, um, they fall into this kind of stuff. How do we even know that our basic average hometown pastor, pastor yeah. is trustworthy? Yeah. You know? So how do we think through that? How do we answer these questions? What do you think, babe? Yeah, I think the first few thoughts that come up because in the last few years there's been a lot of there's been a lot of this kind of stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. Um and when it's like celebrity pastors who are like, you know, pastoring hollywood stars it's like well that's to be expected but then when it's people from your own circles kind of from your own reformed theological um, background then it you just kind of have to ask some questions like why is this happening and why is this a reality how can Mm -hmm. this be and i think the first every time i hear a story the first thing that comes to my mind is 
we put people on pedestals that they cannot be on. Like no one can be God. We are all sinners. And just because someone is so well known and ministering to so many people, it doesn't it doesn't make them more holy or more righteous or or less susceptible to fall right. into sin. And therefore, all of our heroes of faith, we cannot expect. I mean, we can expect more of them because there's a, they're on the spotlight, so there's more people looking to them for an example. But it was just another reminder to me, like, everyone is a sinner. Everyone is um, yeah. living in darkness. And outside from the grace of Christ protecting us from our own sin, we would all be like that. And right. it's just a reminder to not look to our heroes of faith and expect them to be Christ because they cannot be and will not mm-hmm. be. I think that this whole celebrity situation is very important to think about. Like, um, so the celebrity culture that we have today on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, Mm -hmm. YouTube, whatever, you know, this celebrity culture, it goes everywhere. It's not just in the world, in Hollywood. It's celebrity culture is in Christianity. It's in the church. And uh, social media makes, you know, makes it possible for one person to be the star of the show very easily. And social media gives you the illusion that you really know somebody very well. Yeah. Like the reality is your greatest heroes, like you don't know a lot about them. You know what they say to you, what they preach, what they write. Mm-hmm. And you can judge by that. But, you know, we, we have to we have to realize that you when you see things like this out in the public realm, you have to realize that this is not the same thing as your local pastor uh, falling into something like that, first of all. Although, obviously, the average local pastor falls into the same things. Mm-hmm. you know. Or I don't like to use fall into it because mm-hmm. I would rather say commits these things yeah. because it's not a passive sin. Right. Um, but it, it really, we, we oftentimes overestimate how much we know somebody. Right. And because of that, we're all devastated. We feel betrayed. Or and we trust our own instincts. This is what happened with Ravi. I think all of us would never have thought because he was such a kind, gentle, loving Christian man who was, you know, so strong in his faith that you don't ever think of men like him as like predators or um, committing such crazy crimes mm-hmm. against women because we trust our own instincts in the way someone, in their mannerism and how they present themselves and so that creates this bubble in our own mind of like oh that person's safe right and we, we trust ourselves with how people seem from the outside and mm-hmm. that's not that's not good yeah yeah i think that the, yeah we have to realize that everyone is a sinner the celebrities are just everyone is the same i think we've been having these conversations i feel like it's a, it's, a, it's a note that i have to keep striking these days mm-hmm. in the conversations with like friends and people here as we're like meeting up for small group and stuff um you know there's this like illusion that the leader is the superstar the super holy one that doesn't struggle with these things Mm -hmm. like everyone is a sinner everyone struggles and um when you look at somebody like this everybody's a sinner who falls into these things no one's susceptible and so when you when you give so much power and glory and attention to one person there's no, it's not healthy. That's not how the church was formed, mm-hmm. you know? And so like when you look at Ravi's ministry, there's so much good that 
was done, even by people around him. There was mm-hmm. a lot of good people, and even till the end, until like these investigations were revealed, it was hard for people who are right next to him to believe that this happened because he always put on this facade of gentle, nice, kind, and even naive mm-hmm. kind of older man who's very mm-hmm. smart in the Bible and apologetics, but when mm-hmm. it comes to maybe technology and relationships and all that mm-hmm. stuff, oh, he was being you know manipulated by this one lady a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Um, when the reality is he was a wolf in sheep's clothing, yeah, you know. So there you can. So that's that's one thing is like the the, the danger of celebrity culture. The yeah. other thing is that never underestimate the power of darkness to work in right. in the church. You know, yeah. like Satan dis- disguises himself as an angel of light. That's what the Apostle Paul says in, in Galatians. Um, we are not capable of discerning everything. We can't right. look to the heart of everything. We have to remember that profound evil exists all around us. When Jesus tells the parable of the wheat and the tares, he says, you know, that, you know, that the wheat is like the sons of the kingdom and then the enemy sows tares among the wheat. Mm-hmm. And... You know, that's like Satan sends in his people into the church to pretend to be fake mm-hmm. followers of Jesus and to sow corruption in the mm-hmm. church. That's his, that's, his prop, that's his goal. And the question that is asked to the master is, hey, should we pull out the tares? And he says, no, um, wait till the end. Mm-hmm. So it's so hard to distinguish. You just have to don't let's not be naive about the power of evil all around us, you know. Yeah, and also um, the danger of sin, right? And how um, when you on that Sunday you were mentioning about Ravi Zacharias and how he was a preacher and then he was lying and we were at home because the kids were sick and our our kid Nathan was like, "Mom, why?" He like heard what Daddy said and he said. Why was this man a preacher? Why was he lying? And and it was just an opportunity for me to be like, because sin is scary like that. You mm-hmm. cannot be, you cannot stand firm thinking you're not going to fall. You have to safeguard yourself because you are not um, ever out of danger of sin. Mm-hmm. And people like, they're not as radical about their sin. They're not as afraid of it. They're like, oh, it's fine. And they compromise and they compromise. No one will find out. No one will see. And then it becomes this kind of horrid situation where right. I think we're not as afraid of our own sin. We're not as afraid of our own temptation into sin. And we take it lightly when scripture calls us to be radical about our sin, to run from it, to hate it, to be constantly on guard. Yeah. And I think as a church, maybe we're not as good at being extreme and being afraid of our own weakness, being afraid of... Um, how easily we can fall into that and Mm -hmm. constantly begging God and being desperate for his strength because we are weak sinners who will fall if we're not on guard. It's interesting how the Apostle Paul talks about that exact thing in Corinthians where he's sharing his struggle and he had a profound, profound difficulty in his life that he doesn't name. He says, I was given a thorn in the side. Mm -hmm. And he said, like, this was causing me so much pain and difficulty in my life, whatever this thing was. And um, he says, I asked God to take it away, but God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And he says, through that, I learned to boast in my weaknesses. And this is Apostle Paul at the peak of his glory, in a sense, at Mm -hmm. the peak of his 
power as an as a as an apostle as an authority in the church and so yeah i think we have to remember that we are never out of the woods we are always fighting sin we are all sin cannot be contained it must be put to death there's mm-hmm. no it is either growing mm-hmm. you know uh be kill, who is it john owen said be killing sin or sin will be killing you yeah um you, you you're, you know, we, we, we worry about a lot of things these days, you know, the, the political changes or corruption in the church or this or that. And we have to realize that our greatest threat in our life is our sin in, inside of, of ours. Us. Yeah. And uh, if you have that conviction, so, so there's two things here, right? You have to be afraid of your own sin. But at the same time, some people, I think, then fall into this fearfulness where they're like, well, Gosh, if a glorious man like that can fall, then who am I to even think that I could stand up against my temptations? And it cr- causes people to have doubt about mm-hmm. even their own ability to mm-hmm. fight their sin. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do we respond to that then? Well, I think it's good to completely be aware. I, I, I can't fight. I can't, in the sense that, be completely, constantly aware of your weakness because the weakness should propel us into a desperation for God, a constant clinging, a constant prayerful dependence, a running to the word, because if I'm not going to be filled with the word, I will fall. Mm-hmm. I will I will do something that my father hates. Yeah. And I I am afraid of that. I want to obey God. I want to do righteous things. I want to do good. In that sense, I think it's it's a good thing, but also when we look at these situations and we think like, how can I possibly, you know, withstand if such a great man fell or like, you know, like even David, a man after God's own heart and like, look at his life, look at his track record. It's not exactly something that is exemplary mm-hmm. for us. And um, I think that's where we look to the things that God has given us as um like design features for us to thrive as Christians, like the church and accountability and discipleship and these safeguards that he has provided for us as Christians that help us in those moments, that help us withstand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. Like in a sense, um, so I would push back and say, if a great man like that can fall, well, let me stop you there. He was not a great man. He was a weak and fleshly liar he was an abuser he was not a holy person you know so um i would also just like just to interject really quick i don't know i just see a lot of christians like doubting that this was even real and saying well i don't know because i really respected ravi and all these reports like are they even real are the victims lying possibly like i think as the church that's just such a shameful thing to to do and a lot of people are doing that they're saying well, we are, is if the reports are true, which is like yeah, the church has a track record of being this way, and that, well, let's not it's be right this now way. because people are becoming more suspicious of everything, and that's silly, you guys. That's silly. I you mean, have to do you your have homework to pursue truth and read good and reporting care. about what's going on on the ground. How the fact that in this situation it is beyond a shadow of a doubt because RZIM, the the ministry hired a third party organization to investigate. And up until the very last moments, the top people in RZIM. So like I can, I shared an article from uh, David French has a detailed analysis. He's a Christian reporter 
and a, just a detailed analysis of his own interviews with Abdu Murray, who is like second in command at RZIM. Mm -hmm. RZIM is Ravi Zacharias for... International Ministries. Yeah. There is very detailed reporting here where you can see the struggle of the in, 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 uh, inner circle of the ministry saying this is not possible. And then they start looking at the evidence and they're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is unbelievable. This is yeah. terrible. This yeah. is horrendous. So yeah, you can't, especially Obviously, with truth matters and pursue truth and don't believe yeah. everything. Don't be naive. But yeah, there no. comes a point where it's so overwhelmingly obvious and as the church, we are the ones who should be saying this is evil and the victims need help rather than saying, well, who knows? Maybe they're lying. It's just it's just so ugly. Well, and yeah, I think that we do have a culture of victimhood. But in the church, we do not have a track record of pastors being falsely victims. accused yeah. by women who are money hungry or whatever. We have the this opposite is not problem of the opposite problem. not being believed. Yeah, exactly. Victims are most of the times not believed in abuse situations. Yeah. So please anyway, that reach out to point. me and I will get you detailed just reporting, like analysis of the facts. There's, yeah. you know, that that is why journalism matters, you guys. That's why you don't go to some Instagram superstar to get your news. You you go to a trusted, and I'll get to this later, institution, not 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 individuals who are the superstars. That's the whole point of going back to the celebrity culture question. The celebrities create their own reality around them, and then their followers believe in alternate reality about themselves and about the world. That's one of the problems I think. Again, some people don't like me saying this, but about Donald Trump. You know, like as a celebrity, he create he any celebrity in our and you have to look at this the celebrity phenomena. Celebrity has the power to create their own reality, and their followers believe their reality versus the other. Mm -hmm. And so, on the opposite spectrum, and again, I want to finish our thought about sin, but opposite spectrum from celebrity culture is institutions. Anyways, we'll get to that. But um, what I was saying about us not having confidence. When you look at somebody like this, he was not, like you can't say that this person was a strong person. This person was had a gifted mind and a gifted tongue that he used for evil under the name of Jesus. This is horrible. This is terrible. Um, like we're gonna, you know, I have not deleted the episode yet, but I will delete the episode about Rabbi Zacharias because I do not recommend anybody listen to anything he said or read any of his books. Really? Yes, I would say throw the books away because this person well, can, can look God it's not it's not the same thing man for his yes good. yes but when you know his crookedness you have nothing plus god still used people around him there were good godly people in rzim all over the world doing good work and those people will break off from ravi zacharias international ministries i think rzim needs to disappear why would you name a ministry after yourself? I mean, I had that question in the back of my mind for a long time. Like, why would you name it Ravi Zacharias International Ministries? That's kind of like, to me, that's like sketchy. Anyways, there were sketchy things about Ravi uh, for a while. Um, people didn't want to believe them because he was such a good well, even vibe for person. Us, we loved his stuff. It had a huge <clears throat> impact on us. So I understand for those of us who were impacted so much by his ministry, who loved what he what the work he did yeah to hear this it's painful and we don't want to believe it but we can't be the type of people who because of our love for something we thought don't bury your to, head in the sand you have to look to be at like, reality no reality the victims are lying yeah know? so let me get back to my point i still yes i'm trying to make this point um 
this was not the fall of a godly man. This was the tearing off of a mask of a devilish man, which is horrible for us to even think about. But he this is reality. He was until the end. Which he, is was, he was sad. receiving inappropriate text messages from women up until the last couple of months of I mean, his he life. He was dying of cancer and he, to the last moment, said, I have never been unfaithful to my wife. Yeah. So um, as horrible as it is, that's what we were earlier point. Don't underestimate the power of evil around you. But also, this was not a godly man. Uh, godly men don't just fall into sin. There is a series of compromises, little sins that lead you down the trail. And so that's why like Jesus talks about be awake, be awake. Like fighting sin is an ongoing daily battle where you, you have a fundamental conviction. I need the grace of Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit to be working in my heart, convicting, clarifying, guiding. I need the word to be fueling me, giving me strength. I need prayer. If you have, if you live by these convictions, your weakness is a power. Right. And you are fighting sin. And you don't just fall into it. You don't just tumble into a porn addiction. It just doesn't happen just yeah. like that. It happens through a series of little sins that we think are no big deal. Right. There's no such thing as no big deal. Yeah. There's no such thing as no big deal. So, and I think connected to that is community and accountability, you know, like, People who live in strong, healthy communities where we love each other, where we worship God, where we strengthen each other, where we don't mess around, where we support each other and pray for each other, they don't just fall into sin. Mm -hmm. They don't tumble. There is this amazing moment in the Wingfeather Saga we're reading with the kids right now where uh, their mom is telling them a story of this evil, evil character uh, who lived a long time ago, and he was the son of the king of the land. And mm -hmm. the king is glorious and, and wise. And this evil character, Ooster uh, uh, Will, I think was his name. And he was like, he was the one who created the darkest things and the darkest magic in the land. And, and the kids asked their mom, how did this happen? And she said, um, you know, his, his heart, there is a blackness in his heart that he fell into. And that blackness can do terrible things to us. Mm -hmm. And it says, you know, Andrew Peterson is a genius writer. He says, Janner, the, the, the boy listening to this, um, got afraid when he heard that because he realized that the same blackness exists in his own heart. But he also realized that in his life, there is like, it is as if there's a thousand hands stretching out over the blackness. That mm -hmm. if he stumbles and falls, those hands catch him. Yeah, the hands so of the hands of his family and his friends mm -hmm. and his community. It's like, yeah. boom, that's, that's so amazing. beautiful yeah. that he realizes there's a blackness in his heart, but that the community of the saints is like uh, is like outstretched arms yeah. that catch you. Yeah, it's like you know? a net. It's a net that prevents our, you know, falling over the cliff. Yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't prevent you from ever sinning, obviously. Right. But it is God's power power to you. So yeah. I think that I would say that we should not shrink back in fear when we see this kind of stuff. We should be angry. Mm -hmm. We should be we should be um, enraged. This is the time to have holy anger. We should hate this. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, we should draw strength and confidence in the Lord and mm -hmm. say, of course, no strength in me. But you know what? I hate that. And that yeah. is not what we do. Yeah. I have I have strength in the Lord. I have confidence that mm -hmm. he leads me. Mm -hmm. He is my only hope. But that is not what we do. 
I think a lot of Christians, they minimize it like, oh, this could have been any of us. Actually, that's not quite true. Like right. nobody just falls into an international sex scandal. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's a network. Nobody just becomes Hitler overnight. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of it is Christians need to draw strength from a story like this and realize like that is not what we are. And how am I like like turn around back to your life and build up the reinforcements, put more machine guns on the towers, put put more sandbags, you know. In, yeah, come in, like, into the light, confess your sin to yeah. one another. Um, if you have things you're struggling with, bring it to a godly friend, someone who you look up to, pray with them. Um don't underestimate the power of confessing your sin because if you keep it in the dark it will grow even if you're afraid or ashamed of it bring it to the light god calls us to bring our sin to the light and that is how he helps us out of it well and speaking of walking in the light i'm translating first john for my greek syntax class and it's amazing we have to translate the whole epistle basically mm-hmm. the whole class is we're translating the entire epistle and chapter one first john says if we walk in the light then we have fellowship with one another it's mm-hmm. interesting because he doesn't say one another meaning us and god yeah. he says one another us mm-hmm. saints yeah. we walk in the light of god mm-hmm. we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus cleanses us from all sin it's mm-hmm. a very interesting thing where john is crisscrossing horizontal and vertical relationships there yeah and he's mm-hmm. saying that your holiness your strength spiritually is empowered by your faith community by the community of the saints that mm-hmm. you live with now mm-hmm. if you don't have that you are a sitting duck yeah god invented the church to live in community and the holiness of the church is in a holy community yeah and so not only i think we we get angry but you should also uh this week delight in your community yeah. if you have it yeah be like, I am so thankful for my mm-hmm. group. I'm so thankful for my friends. I'm so thankful mm-hmm. for my church, for my leaders. Like, go there and be like, this is awesome. This is power in my life. Look at that and think to yourself what a power this is to you. And ask yourself, have you been minimizing the importance of your community, of your yeah. spiritual family? Or have you been really drawing strength from it? You know? Yeah. And if you've been avoiding the saints or if you've been avoiding consistent attendance is it because you want to be in the dark is there sin that you're covering up beware that those things can lead you down the same path as ravi has gone down like don't uh, like over don't underestimate the power it's one of those little sins little it's sins. like oh well they're just a bunch of hypocrites or that church isn't perfect or that church isn't as accepting these are all little ex- of course no church is perfect sure but those are all little sins that lead down the path to a great fall. Big sins. And that's, what ha- that's, that's how it happens. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to watch it on, I'm just going to watch the live stream. I'm just going to chill. I'm going to avoid going to group. I'm going to avoid speaking out about my struggles at accountability meetings. I'm just going to hide. Or even just reaching out to friends. Oh, it's too much effort to reach out. It's too much effort to build relationships. Like, yeah, those you're, are the little things you're that... You're leaving yourself exposed to the enemy. You're going to be shot down. You're going to fall. If well, you and they betray that. confidence. That's like, I'm fine on my own. I'm okay. Right. If you think you're okay on your own, you're dangerous. You're in a yeah, dangerous yeah, place. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, we should not live in fear. We should live in joy. Mm-hmm. Like God has given us a spirit of joy. And when you walk in obedience, the point is not to shoo everybody into the church out of fear. The point is to say, come and feast with us. Right. Come and rejoice. Yeah. Because 
that's uh, that's that's where God is at work, and that's where we have joy and confidence. The mm-hmm. point is not like get into the church, you sinners. Yeah. Um, the point is just to say, guys, that's not it's not safe. Mm-hmm. It's not safe out there. Yeah. But in the in the camp of the Lord, you know, in in His temple, mm-hmm. in His house, in His kingdom, there is joy and there is power and there is yeah. confidence. Yeah. So don't shrink back in fear. Finally, one of the last thing I want to say is institutions. The opposite of a celebrity culture is a culture that builds institutions. Institutions are not about any one individual. Institutions are about a mission, a purpose, a goal. For example, the church is an institution. There's no one person. It's not built around one person. Um, you know, that's why in our church we have a philosophy of a plurality of eldership. We don't we don't have one superstar pastor that leads Mm -hmm. the whole thing Mm -hmm. we have a senior pastor and we have an elder board and we all as pastors as a team of pastors we share a diversity of um functions in the church and different pastors try to discern the special callings that they have but institutions focus on an objective on a purpose on a mission and then everyone is held accountable everyone is held in a check and balance system uh, no one has all the power, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, this is why I think it's very important for Christians to think on this level about building Christian schools, building Christian colleges, building Christian organizations. Even, like, uh, I'm so thankful personally for uh, Christian, like, uh, organizations like the Gospel Coalition, mm-hmm. uh, tgc.org, I think. One of my great resources, you know, uh, ninemarks.org. Uh, another one for church leaders, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, these are institutions that are built up by people. Like Mark Dever is one of the guys behind Nine Marks, but he is more and more in the background. There's more and more people who are in the forefront who are sharing the responsibilities. It's about the mission. It's not about the person, right? you know. And, and in that world, there's no power given to one person to, uh, to manipulate reality mm-hmm. and to have a fan base. Yeah. You know, yeah. there is a healthy commitment to do good work mm-hmm. and we good we do good work. And that good work is held in accountability to a variety of Christian people, you know. Right. Yeah. So Christians need to and I'm I'm encouraged by this as I'm looking at our like our camp is reformed evangelical, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, you know, that includes a variety, you know, a variety of denominations, people from Baptist, from Presbyterian. Um, but in, in our circles, I see this direction, this leaning away from the celebrity pastor thing and into a bunch of people doing good work and people committed to institutions. Institutions outlive people. Yeah. RZIM is going to disappear right now Yeah. because it was all about one person. Yeah. Um, but what you want to do is you want to commit your life and your labor to institutions that will outlive you. Right. You know? And that will train and mature new believers to take your place. Yeah. You know? So we need to value those. We need to value those things as Christians. Yeah. Support. Uh, think about where you get your resources. Don't just follow one Christian leader. Follow Christian leaders and look at what's the affiliation of Christians. Are they connected to institutions mm-hmm. or are they just solo flyer, yeah. YouTuber, you know, yep. bloggers? Mm-hmm. So... That's just some thoughts. I don't know. So when I looked at this, I don't. It didn't bring me down as hard because it was a more like to me. It was like, man, this is our world. This is our evil yeah. world, and we need to fight. And not only that, I rejoice 
in what we have. Right. Like I'm rejoiced in what I have in my church, in the amazing community. We just got back from a leaders retreat with like 20, 22 men. It's like almost half the men in the mm-hmm. church are in some leadership position. Mm-hmm. And um, that community is so powerful, so encouraging. So yeah. any other thoughts? Just That's to it. press into your community and be active and committed and, you know, live in fellowship. Hopefully that kind of counterweighs some of the negativity and depressing vibe that has been going around around uh, this topic. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, let us know what you thought. Check us out on uh, Instagram, The Well Said Podcast, and uh, Facebook. Also, well-said.org uh, is kind of the website home of the blog and this podcast. Check that out. Thank you so much, and we'll be back to talk to you again soon. Bye.